Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and I'm joined by today's co-host, wardrobe stylist, mom, and brutally honest friend. (laughs) (laughs) Casey Bixby. Welcome back. Thank you. Long time no see. I know. It's been at least... Five minutes. I thought eight. And our guest today, actor, writer, comedian, podcaster, and mother to 1.5 babies... Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Casey Wilson. Hi. We have two Casey's. It's going to be amazing. I know. It's going to be so confusing. It's, it's not confusing at all because they're spelled differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Casey You're with a Casey K. like a Kardashian with a K. Yes. <laughs> and I'm with a C. <laughs> exactly. Is that, that's why your parents did it, I heard. <laughs> so you have like a million credits uh, from TV and sitcoms and you write and you produce and you podcast. What don't you do? Cook, clean. Oh, good. <laughs> and all very... your, oh, and all your spare time. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I'm I very excited to be here. I where you came from because I didn't, I didn't know about you. And then all of a sudden, I'm like the last one. I don't think so. I really do. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C., about five minutes in Alexandria, Virginia. You don't have any, like, um, southern... Yeah, it's a pretty, it's kind of a, people move there typically if they're in politics and they live in the suburbs. It's not really like southern. I didn't know I was in the south for some time. Politically speaking, you're a purple baby. What does Hmm. that mean? Right, because you had um, like bipartisan parents. (laughs) Yes, okay. (laughs) I didn't know where we were going, but now I get it. It's the red and the blue, you're a purple baby. What was that like growing up? Um, you know, my mom was a huge Democrat and women's rights activist, and my father makes political commercials for Republicans. Okay. He's a political oh, wow. consultant. I thought you were going to say he was a misogynist, but okay, no. But he just... No, actually, he's incredibly liberal socially. I think he's the last remaining moderate Republican on earth, and actually, I think he's a really, you know, he's a good guy, and he, he's not, I don't <laughs> want to get political, but he's not a Trump supporter, thank God. Oh, you're, you're defending him. But I know, it's so ingrained, but- yeah, it was interesting. They both are just very passionate people, but socially both very liberal. So I think it kind of they were able to, co- we were able to coexist. But a lot of screaming fights and about politics. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Did you did you grow up feeling super political? Or I mean, obviously you're probably more politically aware than most. I think children. so. I I do think so. My dad, although this is kind of. He, I ran for office in like third grade, and he, oh. <laughs> yeah, and he wrote my speech, which is like no one else's father was like, That's so and he good. had like making posters with me, and we all had to, because he was the campaign manager for my mom, because she was the president of this group called the National Women's Political Caucus to get women elected. I digress. They took that energy and put it into my third grade oh, campaign. Oh my god! And it was actually yes. really embarrassing. I did not win. <laughs> But, what do you what do you think went wrong? I don't know if it was the clothespins that they wrote in marker on the sides win with Wilson. <laughs> or my dad tried to do humor in the speech. I'll never forget giving the speech and thinking, I don't think this is very funny. I had to say, like, I'm gonna put I can't even say it now. <laughs> His line was that I say, I'm gonna put lemonade in all the water fountains. <laughs> I think the third graders were like, Boo. <laughs> Some better material. They wanted weed. You didn't know That's why audience. I had to I'm become a comedian. Pot, <laughs> starting in fourth grade. Yeah. That's <laughs> so good. When did you, were you always funny? I don't know. I, I remember. You were funny. I remember being in the car driving back home from this movie Tremors with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> that 
great comedy that and everyone that remembers. <laughs> you guys remember Tremors, of course. I still watch it all the time. Yeah, I mean, you, when it's on, you're like, how many times have I seen this one? Oh, and I have the DVD. <laughs> but it, it was, I remember being like thinking, I think that's bad, that movie. And so in the car, we were like really quiet. And I think it's Mary Stuart Mastrione. Like there's some actress in it. Then I just did her line in the backseat. I was like, it's totally subterranean about the tremors, of course. <laughs> and my parents were laughing, and I was like, oh, it's funny to impersonate people. Like, you can get a laugh. So it was all for selfish, arrogant yeah. reasons. And then tremors on, guys. I just <laughs> became obsessed with tremors. I Tra- put up a tremors musical now. <laughs> Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Equals tremors. <laughs> equals tremors. <laughs> Uh, when did you, I mean, so you, after third grade, I don't want to, yeah. we don't have that much time, so fast, f- fast to fourth forward. grade? Yeah, to fourth grade. When did you, did you, you studied acting? I did, yeah. I, I studied acting in college. I went to NYU and studied, like, method acting, serious, you know, performing and- Drama? Drama, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the word for that. <laughs> and, um, I really enjoyed that, but I also felt similarly that I noticed people were laughing and- and then a teacher pulled me aside and said, you know, comedy is – it's interesting because I truly didn't know that was like a – you could be a comedian in right. a way. Even though I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, I – and I always loved – I loved Goldie Hawn and I loved Diane Keaton and Deborah Winger and all these sissy spacek, but you wouldn't necessarily call them comedians and Shirley MacLaine. Right. But they're very they're funny. funny. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then my teacher said, you know, comedy, you could go into comedy and I think you could make a career. I was like, money? No. <laughs> but um, then I sort of started doing more comedy and then got into the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Ah, UCB. Yeah. And then kind of from there, just improv? kept doing comedy. Yeah, improv. Did you do stand-up too? Or were you, or is that, or is that did you do that there as well? Or I improv? never did. For some reason, stand-up always terrified me. Are you going to break into it? Are you I think confident? so. You are? You're breaking into it, I hear. I am a, doing it now. This late date. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> Casey's never come to a show. Neither Casey's come to a show. Well, there's always uh, time. I could do my Tremors bit. (laughs) You have five minutes on Tremors, I heard. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, I love that you were trying to do drama, and she said, why don't you try comedy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But she was right. I remember people would laugh, I think, occasionally when I came out, thinking I was going to do something funny, and then in my head I'm like, this is mm. a suicide scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you can make suicide funny. Oh, God. What was the first big comedy? Uh, the first movie I ever did was I was working an office job, and I auditioned for, for Your Consideration. This uh, It's called For Your Consideration, <laughs> this Christopher Guest movie. And they I'd, I got a part, a very small part, and... I was so thrilled to do it because I love Waiting for Guffman and all his movies, and mm. it was so thrilling, and I thought, I was really like, well, I'm going to throw a match behind me in the rest of my life. Like, I'm a star. <laughs> and I had about two lines. <laughs> and um, There were two great lines. Yes, and then, you know, experienced the ups and downs of the business, as we all well know Audition? from there. Yeah, just auditioning, and around that time, my writing partner, June Diane Raphael, and I did a two-woman comedy show, and then we didn't have agents, and this agent said they wanted to meet with June and I after seeing our show, so we were like, 
Again, we're stars. Anything that happens, you know, and I were like, uh, hello, <laughs> Julia Roberts, Mike Ryan. <laughs> like, did, did we're we need that water? Wow. Stars. Aside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> based on nothing, we were like straight to the top. <laughs> and so we went to meet with these agents and we we're like all dolled up and my hands were like shaking. I was like, this is it. And I'll never forget the woman was like, and she represents us to this day. She said, listen, we are so interested in signing you girls as writers. And when I tell you, you could, the room, <laughs> I, we were like, you what? <laughs> Writers? We went to the bathroom. I was like, she thinks we're ugly. <laughs> it was very dark. And June's like, okay, okay, this must be some mistake. Like, get a hold of it. We have to get, this is a, a nightmare. But we actually started writing from there. And it was just kind of one of those things of like going to your yeses, I guess. And we ended up writing this movie, Bride Wars, from that and kind of getting into writing, but it wasn't really a plan. And in fact, we thought it was an insult. Now it's one of the great joys of my life and what I'm right. most proud of, but it was funny at the time. Yeah, and you still write. We do, and we still and write you together, still act, yeah. yeah. And you produce. Yeah. And now you're reproducing. Exactly. Great segue. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, how is this? Is your second pregnancy? Yes. And how old's your first? He is almost two in three weeks. Okay. And, you got, and you met your husband like two and four weeks ago. Is that true? I did. That's it's correct. like all very close. It's all very new. When? How? I mean, how long have you guys been together? We are going to celebrate three-year wedding anniversary in May. Three-year wedding and two-and-a-half yeah. birthday. And yeah. And then half a year of birth. I'm old, in case anyone doesn't notice. No. No, but notice. you know, we met later in life and you just kind of, I mean, not later in life, but kind of get going. So we just... You just thought, ran for it. Yeah. And I actually, oddly, not oddly, but many women find this out. I, I had my fertility checked and had very low fertility. I was kind of surprised to find out. And mm-hmm. Well, you checked before you started trying? I did. Just to see where, you know. I did because I I knew new? I really wanted kids, but I wasn't ready for them. So I thought, what, well, this... you, what would that check do for you? What uh, I mean, to see how long it might take and plan it? No, or? well, it actually really helped me because I went into my OBGYN, who I love. Are we allowed to say doctor's sure. names? Who? Dr. Yeah. Karen Moore Sulky, oh. who's been so wonderful to me. And I was just. What's her phone number? It is. Oh. <laughs> I actually have it. <laughs> this poor woman rused the day she gave me her cell phone number. Oh. <laughs> I'm always we like. All do. I know. <laughs> everyone does. But anyway, I was saying to her kind of almost arrogantly, like, you know, I don't want kids for a couple of years. But like, and she was kind of like, how old are you? <laughs> and no, she didn't say it like that. But she said, well, I don't know. I guess it's a parenting podcast, so it's fine to say. But yeah. she's like, well, if you happen to be on your period, we could just test your fertility. And I was. And I said, okay. And then she called me the next day, and it was a Saturday. And she said, I have to say, I would never call you unless I felt it was serious. You have incredibly low fertility for your age. And I just don't want to see you disappointed. So I made an appointment with you for you with Dr. Uh, Andy Wong, another miracle worker in this town. You can catch him on such shows as Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wow. He's, uh, okay. he's Kim K's. <laughs> Every doctor I have is more successful than me, by the way. <laughs> You're ch- except you. No, Thanks. No, it's okay. Um, I'm just uh, kidding. My parents were both this, both Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need a Republican yeah, in the I'm mix. looking for handouts. Yeah. But anyway, they just said I had low fertility, and he kind of said, pretty frankly, I'm not worried now, but I think if you want to have more than one kid, if I were you, I would start trying, and... I'm really glad I kind of actually took that step because, you know, you just never know. And you had just met your husband at this point? No, we had just gotten married. Okay. (laughs) Yes, at least. Oh, we're right. Yeah, we just gotten married, but I still wasn't in that headspace. Right. So, and then, but then it didn't take very long. Well, then I I froze some embryos 
And I have three kids in Redondo Beach right now in a storage facility. Oh, taking yeah. it. <laughs> in an ice freezer, but they're by the beach. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> it's gorgeous. You paid for the uh, beachfront rental. Yeah. But then I ended up getting pregnant naturally, which maybe people would think, oh, I shouldn't have done it. But I was kind of freaked out by the news, and I'm glad that – and I might – you know, want to have a third, and it, it kind of eased my mind as right. a working woman, and just yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nice. So, and then and that sorry, can I ask one question before we move on? But five. I didn't realize until I heard someone talking about it. But that's a pretty pr- painful process, isn't it? Freezing embryos. It is. I think you know. It's retrieving. Them. I have such respect for people you, you that use uh, medication to stimulate, mm-hmm. extra and you growth. get you know you do the shots, and then um, they retrieve the eggs, which. It wasn't as physically bad for me because I, d- I don't have, hardly have any eggs, which is like why I was doing it. But I have such a profound re- respect for anyone going through that process, because right. especially people who, you know, it, it's it's so it's a heartbreaking process, and yeah. it can be, and it's physically obviously physically hard. But I mean, I could cry even talking about it. Just people have been through a really hard time, and it's. Um, and I just have such respect for people going through it because it is yeah. a really emotional. It's like emotionally taxing and physically taxing, and there's nothing more, you know, than a miracle of a child, and that's what you want. And so it's just a really, I don't know, it's not it's what not you asked, but it's not easy. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm blessed. I had a good result, but you know, it's very hard. Right. I mean, it's. I think it's hard for a lot of people because, uh, based on what their mother told them, if they sat too close to a guy in the back of the car, they would get pregnant yeah and you spend so much time trying not, not to get pregnant to. Right. yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, yeah you don't really think you're gonna have to spend time trying exactly to yeah uh how was your pregnancy your first pregnancy it was good you know i was on a tv show and working like 14 15 hours a day actually with our friend sarah wright olson who was so wonderful to me it was difficult working those hours and i just how deep into the pregnancy were you the first week I started the show, I got pregnant, and so oh <laughs> it was just physically draining. I never have felt hit a wall like that, where I'm someone that likes to push myself just in life, but the one interesting thing about pregnancy to me is that your body is saying, like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're not in charge. And even if your brain is like, but I want to, it's like, no, you must have a random crew member drive you home and sleep in your costume. <laughs> uh, but um, how long in, so the first week you got pregnant and then how long into your pregnancy? Well, were then you I was mad at Dr. Morse and Dr. Wong. Oh. I'm like, you Why'd made you me do this because yeah. I thought this was going to take, you know, so long. And but I have my beautiful son yes. <laughs> from there. But you were filming how deep into your pregnancy? Tell, I filmed throughout my whole pregnancy, actually. Oh, yeah. I did took they a, write, but the story wasn't in No, there. the first show I did was about through the four and a half months, and so we hit it. Then I took a month or two off, and then I did a ridiculous series called Hot Wives, which is a parody of The Real Housewives, and I played a pregnant woman Oh, okay. up until my due date. Mm-hmm. But that was fun because it, it was a white trash character, so I just wore flip-flops and <laughs> moo-moos <That's awesome. laughs> and pretended to smoke. <laughs> it was great. Did she give birth on the yeah, show? Yes. She did? Well, not only gave birth on Joe Berlin, because <laughs> it was a parody, obviously. I was at a pool party, <laughs> a pool party, and my baby shot out of my vagina <laughs> and knocked over a woman, and then I kept on dancing and having sex in a hot tub. Oh, and it is, was remarkably like my own. Was, how does that compare? I was wondering. Yeah. To Dr. Morse Sulkies. Yeah. Oh, uh, for genuinely asking. Well, no. sure. I mean, so you didn't really have a chance to 
feel too miserable in your pregnancy or just no busy. and you actually helped me so much sarah suggested you and we are going to take a quick commercial break don't go anywhere we'll be right back Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. you two meet through uh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. I don't really Sarah. know anybody. Sarah. She's like the, the nucleus <laughs> of the universe. Of everything. And she's so great because she'll always present the most healthy option. Oh, yeah. Sarah's always just so non-judgmental when she saw me coming to work with like Cheetos and Diet Coke. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> like tears rolling down her face as she was smiling. <laughs> Secretly trading out your snacks. Yeah, yeah. She oh saw me like gosh, hiring help, you. like getting nannies while I was pregnant. She was like, hey, "Are you gonna see your baby at all?" What did you do to get ready for birth? What did I do? I mean, I worked out a lot. I guess uh, for I, strength and endurance. Yes, okay. for strength, and you know, I gained a ton of weight, and that was my plan no <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what i did well did you it seemed to what i did was i ate eating for two or did you gain weight and- dr berlin I-, I ate for a hundred okay, that's and what I'm asking. Okay. when the baby came i do remember saying to my husband like <laughs> i was like everyone's gonna see what a big baby i've been carrying and the doctor was like six points six pounds i was like okay <laughs> so it was very humbling but i worked out a lot so i thought that meant i could eat whatever and i think as being an actress, I was so used to, you know, working out and having to restrict so much that I felt very like, this is my, my girlfriend told me, she said, this is your time. She's an actress. She's like, this is your time. You just do whatever. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. So liberating. So then I ate everything. And then during that time, well, as I was eating everything, she had then in that time had her baby and was trying to lose. And she, I saw her on the street. She goes, forget what I said. <laughs> and this was like, I was at month eight. She goes, don't do it. It's so hard to get it off. And I was like holding like a drumstick and a, <laughs> both a regular chicken drumstick and an ice cream drumstick. Are you, are you allowed to say which friend that was? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, how was your birth experience? It was actually wonderful. Um, but strange I was itching a ton like leading up to the pregnancy and I thought it was because I didn't follow one of the pregnancy rules that leading up to birth birth I'm sorry yes and we had a hot tub I'm not trying to brag but we have a hot tub and I had put my legs in it a lot like I would sit out if my husband was in it and I started itching uncontrollably so I thought maybe it was like the chemicals but then I didn't want to tell Dr. Morris because you're not supposed to go in a hot tub even though it was just my (laughs) legs (laughs) And so, but then one night, about two weeks before I was due, I was itching so uncontrollably, and I emailed her and I said, is this normal? 
And I have to say to her credit, she wrote me back and said, I want you to go get a blood test at Cedars the next day. Mm. And most people would run right out. I ran out to Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> and again, ate everything that they had to offer at the Arclight. And then I went <laughs> to Cedars at about 8 that n- the next night. I'm a more laid back, pregnant person. <laughs> and so I'm in, like, again, my moo and flip-flops. And... Um, took the blood test and we're just waiting trying to get to more food I'm like when can we leave so of course I can eat and then the nurse came in and she said um, we are going to have to take the baby out right now you have cholestasis which is this liver disease that I didn't even know kind of existed when it's typically you itch, you're itching on your palms and your feet mm-hmm. and all of these things kind of co-synthesized for me because so I looked it up on my phone really quick. And so they're like, we're inducing you in half an hour. Oh, my God. And I was so kind of shocked, especially because my birth class was the next day with Dr. Berlin. Oh, yeah, the next day. Right. Hadn't taken a class. But also my mom had had a stillbirth before me. And it was completely unexplained in the 80s what it was. But cholestasis is incredibly hereditary. And I think that's what it was. Cholestasis, when it goes untreated, is often results in stillbirth. And so it was just kind of this very strange moment of, like, I was so grateful Dr. Morse. Figured it out right away. Yeah, and just took the care to kind of say, you better go in. and, And there. But then everybody at Cedars was wonderful and didn't make me feel. They're like, it's just all you have to do is catch it, and then everything's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. we're checking the heart rate, and the baby, I was induced, and it was a great birth. I have to say. But, you, I mean, you didn't knock anybody over. What do you mean? With your baby shooting out of you. No, yes. no, no. Oh, well. No. Maybe this time. Maybe this time. And another, good for you, too, for... You got another chance. Yeah. Like, asking for help, too. Like, for admitting to your itchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I finally did, because I always felt I was bothering her too much, mm-hmm. my doctor, because she was so generous mm-hmm. with her time that I never... You know, my, we always joke, my sister-in-law had Dr. Sulky, too, and it would email her at the level that one time she said, I think my baby's broken into two parts in the womb. <laughs> like a lot of emails going back, you know, like neurotic mom emails. And she always answered all <laughs> so with such kindness, <laughs> generosity. That's so nice. Yeah. She's, she's uh, special. She's really, her heart's into it still. Yeah. She hasn't burned out like your other doctors. <laughs> like you. Of course. So how how far apart are these two babies going to be? They're going to be two years and four months. Do you know what you're having? I do. Are, oh, you're not saying? No. Really? That's nice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. No, of course. Casey, you want to guess? <laughs> what do you I think, don't know. Casey? I well, I would love if you had a girl because I'm always so happy for people when they have want to be sex, yeah. but. I had two sisters, and then oh. there's something so magical about having same sex, too. Yeah. For siblings. Yeah. So the good thing is you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong at the end of the day. No. Of course, one wants certain things, but no <laughs> one doesn't always get well, you them. you know. Also, so you I do. I do. Yeah, Girl I'll tell you guys later. I think it's uh, Caucasian. Mm. Well, you <laughs> TBD. could be wrong. TBD. I I think Luckily, my cu- husband genuinely is colorblind. Really? Yes. I did not know that. He's not facial blind like I'm, you, but I'm that would blind. help too. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, on the ultrasound, we have to fix this. On Do you ul- recognize your children? That's a genuine no, question. No. 
I just went to pick up my daughter from school. She's she has a tutor, and usually the tutor drops her off. But we and were you going put the tutor in the car seat. I, <laughs> this buckle doesn't fit anymore. Tomorrow you got to cut back. Um, so she, um, I couldn't find her. I had to ask people like, which one's my kid? That's a tough ask. <laughs> I mean, luckily they know me, but I mean, they wear uniforms. It's a private school; they have uniforms. And there's like, Aww. you know, 20 milky white eight-year-old Orthodox Jew kids. They right. all look the same to me. Wow. So your husband's colorblind, but the ultrasound is colorblind. All the babies are white. Needs to become a little more progressive. Yeah. I think so. The ultrasounds. We should work on that. Mm-hmm. There should be a little switch or a sensor. I have a question. I'm sorry. Can I ask a question? Yes. I don't want to interrupt your flow, Dr. B. But do you feel like, I mean, you grew up in a super political family, so I wonder if it's different, but I do you feel like you've gotten more political after having children? A hundred percent. Yeah. I do. I mean, I was pretty political before in the sense of, like, I was campaigning with Hillary the last election, uh-huh. and I feel kind of guilty, not guilty, but this time I felt like, she's got it, you know, right. and... There's so much humongous celebrities behind her, but mm-hmm. when she was uh, going up against Barack Obama, it was myself and Sean Astin, and <laughs> it, she didn't feel she had the muscle. <laughs> and but I think yes, because especially I think well, I don't know. I'm sure people listen. To, I don't know anyone's political beliefs, but I've gotten a a real wake up call just with this election, but yes. also certainly having kids and yes. I'm much more interested in politics on the local level, which yes. kind of has surprised me. Mm-hmm. Of like, I'm really passionate about doing public schooling and like getting into investing in that and community mm-hmm. and kind of more local than I was thinking broader. Mm-hmm. But now I just care about my kids. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I think most people really get very focused on the presidential elections every four years, and there's so much more you can do with the state and local yeah. elections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they happen all the time. It's true. Yes. You don't have to wait for the four years. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Can we talk about your podcast? Please. Bitch Sesh. Yes. How did that come about? That was actually came about because I had my son and I wanted to be creative. Okay. But as I mentioned, I gained quite a bit of weight, which nothing wrong with that. I, you know, um, I think it actually happens to a lot more women than you hear. You feel like everyone just gains yes. 25 pounds and that's just not what I've seen. That's what the book says. From anyone. No. So I'm, I'm not putting it down at all, but I was like, God, I think I would want to do a podcast because there's just something freeing about getting to just, I'm nursing, I'm in my jammies and... I thought, what is the topic I'm most passionate about and what's the most important now? And that was The Real Housewives. <laughs> so my uh, good dear friend, Danielle Shander, and I just were like, let's just do it. And we'll be screaming into the void and no one will care. And But it's actually been fa- found this, I say this humbly, but like rabid and disturbing fan base. Well, that's, <laughs> Disturbingly I mean, large fan base. It, it, how do you have time to watch them all? Honestly, it's become a chore. <laughs> it has. I First, it was bringing joy. Now I'm like, oh. What's your favorite one? Oh gosh, I think I I love Real Housewives of Atlanta. 
and New York. And uh, I mean, I love them all. They're like my kids. I can't. Oh, your kids? What about the uh, spinoffs like Southern Charm? And oh, of course. I cover all of them. We're <laughs> investigative journalists. <laughs> what about the one under the boat? Do I do don't boat go below one? deck. You don't go below no. deck. Danielle goes below deck, my partner, and I will not. D- that just sounds like it means something else. <laughs> it does. I and I think it, it, means like it means everything. Below deck. Yeah. Mm, she goes below deck. Yeah. You have standards. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. What else? Are there other ones? That we cover? Other like shows we cover? House? Is there uh, summer? Yeah, we have correspondents, too. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You've got a network. Well, we have a chief correspondent, and then we have many ex- lifestyle experts and correspondents who will send us voice memos and cover other shows that we don't care to cover. Um, but also we'll do, like, Big Little Lies, if, if, you know, anything that's happening. We'll but it's try a to... lot to watch. We're finding time. You're making it. <laughs> Priorities, <laughs> man. We're making it work. <laughs> it work. Many times I've, like, heard my son crying, and we, a podcast is coming up, and I'm, like, watching <laughs> I women am working. scream at each other. Background? You hear it in the background? We all have to work. <laughs> that's brilliant. And I'd like to remind <laughs> listeners I'm not being paid for it, the podcast. <laughs> oh. It's a, it's a labor of love. Yeah, when uh, you love something. <laughs> I can't, I mean, because I am face blind, they all look exactly the same to me. It's impossible yes. to follow. That would be a very hard show for you to you just, do. It. And all their voices are just high pitched screaming. They're all the, they sound the same, they look the same, and then the music just is always the same. It's yep. just, that's I what I love about it. And then it's over. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> so then I have to listen so to the podcast. So much happened. <laughs> Bitch Sash, which is on iTunes. Yeah. And Stitcher. Yeah. And others. Yeah. Every week. Every week. It's dedication. Yeah, we're touring with it. What what does that look like? We're going to like 10 cities and just performing. We do live shows. It's really just a comedy show. That is the framework is The Real Housewives, but it's so so much more. You're incredible. But you're going to record a podcast in front of a live audience? We do, but sometimes we don't release the live shows. Live shows have song and dance numbers. They have... OMG. We... um, we have a lot of listeners will send us like fights that are going on. And for instance, we had one, these PTA moms were trying to plan pajama day, teacher appreciation day. And they sent 45 emails back and forth to each other, the most nasty things. So we've done like, you know, stage readings of that. Oh, and we just <laughs> do a lot what of cities. You're going to 10 cities during the pregnancy. Yeah. In uh, June and July. Oh my God. And it's just the two of you. The two of us are intrepid reporter slash our assistant, April. And my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And But you're also doing other stuff. You guys stuff. should take this on the road. Yeah, this is, people want it, this on the road. <laughs> Similar audience, want, probably. They don't just yeah. want to listen we'll in open, the car we'll open and working for you. out. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, but you're also working other stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I shot a pilot and just waiting to hear, you know, and my business is sort of up and down with work. But you're a great writer. Well, I don't. I don't think you've read anything. No, but I'm just. Are saying, you? Uh, I would sign you for writing. Literature blind as well. No, but I am ADD, so reading is hard. With all this, stuff. I'm feeling for you. <laughs> I can be your doctor too. <laughs> With all this stuff going on, what do you? How do you balance? I mean, it's such a loaded question, but like especially with your husband, how do you balance having time with your husband for you? And then with your That's what son. I was wondering. It's a great question. I mean, it's very hard, as you know, and I think mm-hmm. you, you well know. I don't know, and I don't ever think I'm never sitting here going like, "I did that. I did it great." Mm. I don't know. I mean, I think. I'm just thinking about that. I think some days you're like, "Wow, I really like 
I'm so glad I took that time with my husband. And then other days I'm like, oh, I feel like I haven't even seen him. And right. I, my biggest struggle has been work and my son. Mm-hmm. And then my husband and I, we have been pretty good actually from an early age. And I know this might be controversial, but we really kind of made it integrated into our son Max's life a bit that like sometimes he's going to be with his grandparents like we he's very comfortable around a lot of people we're mm-hmm. not afraid to leave him for the night or go do stuff or mm-hmm. try to separate a little from him and not in a we're not like leaving him Healthy. for weeks it's but nice. just yeah. we plus, go out we do stuff we try not to he gets a lot more time with you than the kids in Redondo Beach I barely am seeing them and <laughs> I that saying. I feel very bad about <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of them oh sorry <laughs> I have another. I have someone. I go to her house. She talks about all because she has another. She has a boy. She always says, "I have my boy in the freezer. My boy in the freezer. My boy in the freezer." Mm-hmm. And one day I went over and she's like, "We got contact bars. You want one? Just go get it from the freezer." I'm like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> spooky." I'm yeah. Like, Eat your kid by accident. I opened a bill and it somehow I, I've like forgotten to send my storage facility fee. I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I gotta pay for these." Yeah. What do they do? They're gonna thaw they these auction. babies. They put them up on auction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not a power outage in uh, Rizondo. How, 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 is, uh, how do you think your son will react to another baby in the house? Maybe I'm naive to think. I think he'll be okay with it. Are he, you doing things to prep him for it? No. No, I am. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to finish answering your question, because I think they go together, um, my son is very, I don't want to say he's independent, but I've done a lot of, and I know it's kind of hippie. I feel like I'm like a part rye parent and part like whatever the fuck works kind Mm. of is my parenting philosophy. And he does play independently very well and he is comfortable with other people and he's a pretty rolls with things. And I don't know how much of that is him or we're pretty laid back, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. I take certain things incredibly seriously, but we're pretty like, yeah, you know, and he kind of has that adaptability have, that I all mean, comedians must have because I, I, of deep pain. <laughs> deep pain. Yeah. I think that's where the sense of humor, though, comes in really handy, though. I do, too. Just being able to laugh at things when they're not going exactly right lets you move on. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I found so much comfort and strength in that, which is just like I'll get so frustrated with parenting or I'll be crying and I'm really, really hard on myself as a parent, not – not my friends. I mean, I think everyone, when I look at other moms, I'm like, God, it's amazing. Everyone's doing their best and they're doing such a great job. And I find myself not being judgmental. But with myself, I'm like, why didn't you do put him in the car seat better? And it's like this running monologue right. of hate sometimes that is my biggest thing to try to get over. But the humor has helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, that kind of stuff makes you funnier. I think. It does. More material. That's, More material. I mean, I think that's why you have kids, because you're going to screw up, and that that gives you... I mean, soon you'll have enough material to do stand-up. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Like, I have been in therapy in my life, but I think having a kid, and this isn't necessarily humor, although humor has come out of it, I think you really have to kind of reevaluate your own childhood and, like, your own oh, life and yeah. go back, and it's painful, and... Kind of figure out, like, why am I so hard on myself or mm-hmm. why am I trying to be so great or whatever. It, it's like the triggers from your own yeah. life come up. I'm finding, or at least I'm feeling that right now. Yes. I know exactly. It's difficult. What mean. Yeah. It's a whole other yeah. element that you don't, I don't think you're, anybody's prepared for that. No, and I really had no idea that would come up. No. Yeah, because I consider myself someone who's you know been in therapy and I've tried to make sense of my life right. and I'm kind of at peace with it. But then it's like, whew. 
Yeah, I think you're cruising along. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Especially I, also, uh, sorry to add one more thing, but when you're parenting with someone else and they've got all their stuff and their, the way they were raised and, you know, we're all frantically trying to not make the mistakes our parents did. Mm-hmm. So then that's bumping up against whatever I'm trying to right. fix. And Right. Do you have a parenting inspiration? In terms of people or... Yeah, like somebody who you're like, yeah, she's good. I do, actually. My best friend from growing up, Amanda, she's a child psychologist, which I think you would think that, like, she's got it so together, and she does, but not in the way that you would think. Like, she's so laid back. It's... I have not used this word in years, but it is marvelous. (laughs) It truly is. She only prioritizes quality time and, like, nice interact... Like, quality interactions, but, for instance, this is just one tip of many. She has three boys... She works full time. She's really busy. She's got such great energy and joy being around her kids. But like when she does the laundry, she throws it all on top of a bed and everyone has to root through it to find their clothes every morning. Oh. Like she's up to stuff that's like and you have to have the personality where that doesn't bother you. Right. Oh, no, I'm just glad we're not the only ones. Yeah, <laughs> but like she's truly just like I don't have time to do that and I do, I choose to not she's do that. Three kids. You know, that's yeah. a, that's a sick amount of laundry. Yeah. Our machine, we have four kids. Our machine never shuts off. Exactly. And she's just like, I won't, I will be cutting corners, but not like the kind uh, of emotional quality corners. corners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you I can... admire her. Everything, I'll call her and be like, oh my God. And then I didn't. She's like, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, everything's good. She's right. just like, it's all good. Like, right. Whereas I'm like, but I don't know. This preschool, like, might not be the right one. You know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I always picture, because you have to audition, I picture auditions being so emotionally stressful yeah is it for you Mm, i mean i was saying to casey before i guess having been on saturday night live in some ways i'm less that was such a herculean experience that maybe that's akin to having your first kid and then your second one's easier because you're like oh i kind of did that already Mm -hmm. went through the hard parts of that but to me auditioning is maybe i'm just used to it or i have that kind of I'm not like saying a, I certainly dislike it. You but don't dislike it? I do dislike, do dislike it, it, but it's not, I don't. But you have to have a certain, like, I, I picture like a traveling, I don't know, vacuum salesman. You've got to knock on 99 doors and it's the 100th door that opens up yes. for you, right? But yeah. you still have to knock every time with your A game as if that's going to be the one that sells. Yeah. But it's a Although certain I personality really find that can parenting that. harder, to be honest. Like, it's a different hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different hard. How was Saturday Night Live? I mean, it was fine. It wasn't great. (laughs) Uh, It was a really hard job, and I think it wasn't a total perfect fit for me. It felt a little like, you know, if you're sitting on the bench in a sports team and you're like, I want them to put me in, and I feel like I'm not really a part of things. Mm -hmm. Or like I'm at a party and no one introduced me. It was like the feeling, the general feeling, so it wasn't great. But I'm also, it was also a lot of joy, And but it's a tough job. Yeah. Do you like live I think it's a tough job even for the people that are like really, really succeeding at it. Mm -hmm. Do you like live live uh, live live? (laughs) Yeah. You guys are like, are you crying? (laughs) Yeah. We have a little tissue for you. (laughs) Do you have a plan for the, uh, for this birth? I don't, you know, I, my view on birth plans is maybe controversial, but I am not. You know, I had written mine out, and I was like, I'm going to march it right into Cedars. I'm mm-hmm. give it to the nurses. And I it actually, because I, my birth was so haphazard, and I got there, and I didn't even have a cell phone charger, that 
I was talking to this one nurse at Cedars, and she said something that blew my mind. She said, with love, and this is with all due respect to anyone, however, anyone does anything. She's like, the women that come here with their plan of, like, no matter what, no C-section, and this, that, the other. She goes, we just go out on the board out front, and we write C-section. Mm-hmm. And I know that's very hard to hear, but she's just like, the universe will deliver. It's like, it, she's like, it just it ends up being what happened, that the more right. strident you are and the more set, dead set against a certain thing, it just right. ends up being that the universe challenges you with it. Right. And she's like, but the moms that are kind of coming in and just like, obviously, I don't want a C-section, but here I'm flexible. Yeah. They seem team to have a easier time of you it. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And, and not again, I'm not there's nothing wrong with I had my birth plan all typed up. I just couldn't hand it in. Yeah. And it literally said in like all caps in the bottom, like, no, C-section. <laughs> <laughs> like, all over it. But it so. worked. You didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I do have another question. Do you have a question? Yeah, I do. Um, I think about this. I didn't grow up here either in L.A., and um, I know you didn't either. And how do you feel about – because I'm thinking about this a lot too, but what do you think about raising a kid in Los Angeles? Does it make you nervous? You're asking the hard-hitting question Mm -hmm. in this case. I'm going to just be quiet and (laughs) pay attention. It has me absolutely terrified, Mm -hmm. but – it's funny because like my parents grew up in Kansas City and they couldn't have imagined raising their kids in DC. Right. And then, so I guess it's. I think we're probably more terrified than hopefully what the results will be. But I'm sure. I also think I'm trying to where I can. Like I said, and we'll see what the future holds, and don't hold me to it. But I'm interested in public school. I'm interested in right. trying to do what I. There's. I think this town is incredibly segregated in some ways both racially and financially and uh-huh. I don't know I that's the real bummer to me about this town as much as I love LA I kind of you know in a perfect world I want my son to be in, be in this incredibly diverse environment mm-hmm. where you know there's all different socioeconomic infrastructure you know everyone's different but yet it seems like Potomac those places don't exist you know, you're either like incredibly wealthy and spending fifty thousand dollars a year on mm-hmm. private school, and then the people that go there and that you're surrounded with mm-hmm. have that kind of wealth. That right. scares me for some reason. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, you want the best education for your kids. So I'm kind of thinking about and trying to think about how can I invest my time now for public schools and. Right. So I don't know. I have no answer, and that was the long-winded way of saying it. I'm nervous about it. And where would be better? What do you mean? Then LA. I'm I mean, like, is there anywhere no, else? No, who knows? Like every place seems to have its ups and downs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Redondo. <laughs> yeah, they're well, no, they're getting a very good education in yeah, Redondo. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're the question public the, schools. No, the amount of privilege kind of scares me out here, and I think yes. there's a lot of entitlement. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. You know, a lot of kids that grow up if their parents are famous or whatever in LA, there is a feeling of like. I don't know. I just, I struggle. These are my own personal issues with kind of unearned wealth and Mm -hmm. unearned things. And so I'm just like, how can I try to keep my son grounded and kind of, it's like everyone has to work for everything that they have. Right. And I don't know the answer to that. It was like the Warren Buffett uh, mentality. Mm, Warren Buffett Buffett was my father. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He gave me, (laughs) I have quite a trust fund. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. 
Well, um, basically, I'm a great person, Casey. So I just want to be grounded and you know, and like hopefully they turn out like just like me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, thank you for coming. I know you got to race home to your kids, kid. Thank you guys. And thank um, you. where do we find you online? Um, uh, on Twitter, I'm Casey Rose Wilson, and same on Instagram. Mm, you added the rose. Was yeah. there another Casey Wilson? Why not Catherine? Casey's giving Why not me a Catherine? run. <laughs> No, my parents named me Catherine. Catherine Rose. <laughs> Catherine Rose. That's been called me Casey since I was little. Catherine Rose. That's so interesting. Sort of like your father one. It's kind of more of a. I know. Name. Well, that's the thing. My mom wanted something more fun. Right. And they called me Casey. Oh, so she really won. But now my last name is Casp. So Casey Casp sounds like a stripper or a newscaster, yeah. but kind of in a good way. I or, think. I like or somebody it. who's a newscaster during the day and a stripper at night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Casey Casp. We can do anything in America, guys. That's right. Casey Rose Wilson. Yes. And on Twitter? Yeah. Do you tweet a lot? I do here and there. I'm more on Instagram, and Grandma is not on Snapchat. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're not on the Snapchat? I, that was my cutoff, too. I can't. You know, first I of really all, it's a ghost. Be. Are Boo. you? No, I, I have it. I, I don't. Yes, I have it. I can, so I can take pictures all with of the it. filters. Yeah, but. the best. But no, I can hardly work uh, Instagram, Instagram. now. So. Yes. We're getting aged out. That's a whole other topic, social media. We'll be kids. back. Will you come back and talk about Stay social media? <laughs> yes. <episode>. God. Please. <laughs> and Bitch Sesh on podcast yeah, syndicates everywhere. And and uh, the tour goes when? July and August. June, July. Yeah, June and July. So you'll come back pretty, pretty, you know, pregnant. Yeah. Ready to go. Is Let's this pregnancy, because you said last time you were not happy with how much weight you gained, mm-hmm. but you're doing different things differently now well how do you know you can't recognize me from when i looked like that or this what do you mean with your facial blindness it's are you body blind face i'm not body blind <laughs> hell no i wish you were <laughs> <laughs> remember me looking like casey <laughs> um i am trying to do better this time i'm just trying to i'm certainly not dieting i'm just trying to as i call it batten down the hatches okay <laughs> but it's working. I mean, you. you I mean, we're you halfway. Better? I feel claustrophobic, like every day. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to. <laughs> like, there's no more room. Just I. Well, no. I just like to. You know, I'm a woman of excess. I'm a Scorpio. Mm. For anyone following this astrologically, <laughs> I like to eat. I like to drink, and everything. Being pregnant just feels like. Oh, so everything's what off a bummer. Yeah. That reminds me of Anna. She felt that way too. Yeah. But then she went to Doctor Goldberg, and he said you could have whatever you want. That's true. Anyway, you do have to go. So thank you guys. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here, for and uh, we're going to find you online. And I want to come to you. Are you doing one here in LA? We do a show at Largo on uh, La Cienega every two months. We do a live show. Okay, I'm going to be there. You, uh, you, okay, you'll see me, but I won't recognize you. <laughs> so I'm going to go watch you. the Housewives so I can like be on the up and what up. What I will but say is, is it, but they're the same. That's your show. And what I will say is. So many people, viewers, have never watched a Housewives episode. But shouldn't I maybe but, like watch a few and then come see? I mean, yes, but no. Okay. Why also, it's What okay. day of the week? Thursday nights? They're usually Thursday nights. Yeah, mm-hmm. at 8.30. I'm going to come. You want to go, Casey? Yes. Let's not commit mm-hmm. anyone. I don't want mm-hmm. everyone, anyone, anyone to feel pressure. But I don't. Oh, no. And I, I do. I'm totally okay. Okay. <laughs> I need to. I need to have a little more housewife in my Yeah, life. you'll have fun. Ah, thank you for listening to thank the Informed Pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you thank were thinking me again. I was like, thanks. <laughs>
continue. Thank you for listening to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. Share us with your friends so they can make informed choices and empowered decisions, too. For more information on today's guest, together with our blog, documentaries, and other pregnancy and parenting resources, visit informedpregnancy.com. <laughs>